Hello everyone, welcome to Into Final Space, Episode 3. I'm your host, Gabe Jones. Thanks for tuning into this episode. First, I'd like to take a moment and thank BFJ Studio for working with me to create our final cover and social media image. The new logo looks awesome. Also, I have some special announcements at the end of this episode, so stay tuned. Also stay tuned if you're interested in winning an Olin Rogers signed Final Space poster. Today, we're going to be getting into Episode 2 of Final Space breaking it down, and sniffing out Easter eggs, as well as hearing some of your thoughts from the episode. As always, spoiler alert for Chapter 2. So, let's get into it. So it seems we'll be continuing this opening theme of Gary's floating through space sometime later in the show. I love this exchange between Gary and Hugh. It once again shows just how much Gary cares for Quinn. Once again, love the intro. Great, great stuff. This music for the show is great. Um, Kevin's whole song is something. We've changed location since the last episode as we're now in the Rux Cluster. We see again as a continuation from the last episode, Gary's need for someone. Avocado literally boarded the ship to kill him, and as Gary says, uh, but he keeps him there like a pet, just to have someone. Freaking love Mooncake, as always. And the line Thunder Bandit is, is, is a yes for me. So now we get our first modern Quinn scene uh, after these five years have passed. And also some expositional Tribor, which is hilarious. And we get a crashed Infinity Guard ship. So some mystery going on. So jump back to the Galaxy 1. Gary's using Kevin as a weapon is a totally acceptable move, and I approve. Even the light folding effects for the smaller vessels are very impressive. I love this little exchange between Garrett and Avocado. Another great line is, there is no salt in the dark zone. I would love to know what the dark zone is, but, you know, still some funny some funny lines between Gary and Avocado here. Anyway, I really don't understand why Avocado didn't get Gary's trust and then straight up run. Uh, he actually straight volunteers to help, uh, and the, the clasp... While while nice between these two doesn't really seem like a trust creator, this just seems like more of a, a loop to make sure that Avocado gets to Terracom Prime with Gary. Another question. Why let Gary off the ship at all? He's a prisoner, and I get Hugh's brain explosion injection would encourage him to come back, but I really still don't understand letting a prisoner go at all. This just doesn't sound like a very sound system of, you know, you're kind of letting prisoners get away and... I mean, even with incentive to come back. So, also before the injection, Gary said he has nowhere to go, which is actually really sad. It's a really short line, but the, the implications of it are just really, really sad. So my next question. Where did Gary learn to fly? In the last episode, Gary literally goes to prison Per the fact that he has no idea how to work the F-71 Hawk. And he's been off the ship for satellite fixes, but I feel it's safe to assume that he hasn't had the need nor the chance to fly the Hawks during his imprisonment. So now we're on Terracom Prime. The ship is allowed to land, but why? Avocado even says that they don't take kindly to Homo sapiens here. The only explanation I can think of, and skip ahead if you haven't watched later in the season is that the Lord Commander's relationship with the Infinity Guard is steady at this point, and letting an Infinity Guard ship in is fine. So come on back if you if you 
We're waiting for the spoiler skip. New ship. New mysterious character. Cool ending effect. This character introduction was freaking cool. The whole, you know, Kevin and Mooncake and the, the, and the hangar bay and then this sudden explosion of light. I love I love this new character. Uh, for those that don't know, um, going back to Terracom Prime, Conan O'Brien does voice Clarence and does an awesome job. It's very funny. So we can tell that Avocado and Clarence's relationship goes pretty far back. Avocado saving his life at least once and Clarence doing at least one other favor for him. It shows Avocado's got some, some long history. What kind of history? I guess we'll see later in the show. The skin suit that Gary has to wear is gross, hilarious, and it's just an Olin Rogers kind of thing. So we can assume that Turk hasn't been there that long, but how does everyone know about Mooncake and the Galaxy 1 already? I know Clarence says it's all anyone's talking about, but at the same time, does news really spread that fast? So now we get some time with Quinn and Tribor with the crashed Imperium T3 cruiser. If you'll remember from the last episode, we talked about the possibility of Quinn discovering the rift in space. That was five years ago at this point. In this case, there's a possibility this rift has been slowly growing for the past five years. Now the effects are starting to show. Quinn knows something is wrong and that the ship didn't crash of human error because she already knows something has been wrong for these past five years. So now we're back on the Galaxy 1 and this strange new intruder and I really like the, the, the touch of the gravity boots from the pilot. So then we're going to jump back to Terracon Prime with Gary. I love the, the interchange of these, these different storylines going on between the Galaxy 1, Terracon Prime, and then Quinn on Earth. I could get ombre hair is another great line from this conversation. Avocado has a son? What? So this confirmed for me that the little cat man in the intro is Avocado's son, and the same the same little cat man from the trailers. And I love the addition of this familiar relationship in the show, especially with the whole tough, rough bounty hunter character that Avocado has. And so then we get to the long drawn out death of Turk. Very funny, hilarious, the whole you think he's dead, then he turns back and he's still dying. Very funny. Why does the assembly line device recognize citizens as well? Just, that was just weird for me. And then Gary gets sucked up to the, the Winter family. And he has this incredibly awkward exchange with the family. And I could already tell that this was going to go badly and he was setting them up for a, a world of therapy in the future. So then we bounce back to Avocado. We've got, we've got another storyline going on. And all I can say is, Avocado, no. This is very obviously a trap. I love Little Kato. Love him. Great character design. Uh, Little Kato might be my favorite from the show. I love all of them, but Little Kato definitely has a place in my heart. Steven Young as uh, Little Kato's voice was a perfect choice. Um, I loved him from The Walking Dead, and then seeing him in Final Space, it was it was a... Strange switch, but I totally accepted it. The story of separation and coming back together between these two, this father and son, is just incredible addition to the, the complex storyline and arc that we have going on here. So we also learned that Avocado is the reason Little Kato is here, as he left him in the past. But what happened, I, I would love to know, and 
hopefully we'll find out in the future. It's a trap. Who knew? I kid. We all knew. So, avocado. Sorry. So, the we bounce back to the Winter family, and the ripping off of Gary's skin scene is horrifying. Uh, horrifyingly hilarious. This family is going to be scarred forever. If it wasn't so funny, I would be horrified myself. So, I'm glad Gary has the automatic attachment to Avocado. They're an incredible representation of what it means to need people no matter what their background is. So, then we bounce to Quinn back on Earth. And the Infinity Guard Command is made of several different alien species. Which still leaves me wondering what the organizational, political, and social structure of the society is. Anyway, we get into Quinn's argument with the Command. And it's very funny and also reveals a lot about her character. She's hard-headed, but very smart, and while she's well-respected by those below her, like the pilots, the command structure seems to think she's kind of a joke, as she's come in here before, and they've told her no. She apparently is kind of an overreactor to when it comes to different stuff, and they don't like her that much. Um, to me, her proposal to get the ground ships... To get the ships grounded isn't a huge overstep when it comes to precaution, especially when science is saying that, hey, something's wrong here. She is able to prove that the ship didn't crash because of human error with science, and I feel like this was just an oversight with command at first, but as I thought, I wondered why everyone in the room would disagree with her. Not one vote towards her proposal. Kind of suspicious, if you ask me. So Hugh is disabled by the intruder... Then we get back to the Lord Commander. Avocado is giving up Gary, and while this doesn't seem beyond his character, I was hoping there was something more in the relationship. My question is this. Avocado offered the Lord Commander Gary, who had access to the galaxy, won a mooncake in exchange for his son. Why didn't he take the deal? This is the closest he's ever gotten to mooncake. There are many theories out there, but I believe Little Kado is the best leverage for Lord Commander on Avocado. He must think there is some way to keep his clutch on Little Kato, and still get Mooncake. Very glad that they kept the Gary from the pilot and made a joke of it. So we have Avocado's moral dilemma, yes, and he helps Gary, double yes. Avocado would do anything for his son, and I totally, totally respect. There's a lot of blood with the whole arm loss thing with Gary, and I feel like Gary should die of blood loss at the same time. This was absolutely hilarious to watch. Uh, the I'm going to rip your face off and then I'm going to rip your face on Golden Lions also this may be the most bodily fluids in an episode of a cartoon I've ever seen which once again this is showing it's it's funny but it's it's still more of an adult cartoon which gives a little more leeway when it comes to these different types of things so Gary just kind of skips over the fact that little Kato is still in trouble I get that he slaps Avocado for a wake-up call that they don't have time. But from what we know of Gary later in the show, I feel like there might have been at least some attempt made to get his son back. This next Easter egg was very, very exciting for a lot of viewers because a lot of these viewers watched these shows previous to this. And a ship is shown that looks like the space cruiser from Rick and Morty. Now, Devo, the art director, has said that it is a generic 1950s alien UFO Sure, yeah. Um, I'm sure it is, and it still was a, a pretty exciting thing for a lot of folks. No, I'm super insane. 
Another golden line from Gary. I'm so glad that we bought back David and the kids. The exchange they have when falling is hilarious. So much, so much therapy is going to be needed. So Avocado activates his shields outside of Terracon Prime, but they still have oxygen. I would personally love to know how this works. Anyway, Quinn is just bad. I love her character. She's she's not a sit-around-and-wait kind of character. She has an incredible drive. And Tribor as kind of this you know sidekick, is, this clueless, hilarious sidekick, is, is really fun to watch. Hold up. Rewind. The intruder is Quinn? What the heck? No, but not Quinn. She's not Quinn. She's Nightfall? Techie, futuristic, old Quinn? What? And what does she mean to don't let Gary die because of you? How would Mooncake kill Gary? Nightfall leaves way too many questions and not enough answers. So, quick criticism. For the rest of the season, we kind of see the Galaxy One light fold whenever and wherever, but in the first episode, the light fold engines have to cool before they're used again. It's kind of an inconsistency that doesn't sit right for me. And once again, I know this is a small nitpick, but once again, this is what the show is about. Uh, we like to analyze what's going on and what works and what doesn't. So, have I mentioned I love Hugh's character? Yeah, yeah, he's hilarious. Love him. Also love Mooncake. Also love the Sames. Also, why does Kevin try to tell Gary about Nightfall, but Hugh, who we know is more responsible, doesn't? So Little Kato's been separated from, from Avocado for three years. So we're starting to put together this little timeline. Five years ago, Gary meets Quinn, then is arrested, and we can assume that something begins happening in space around this time. Two years later, Avocado and Little Kato are separated due to something Avocado did. Three years later, the events of the present are unfolding. Avocado lacks trust, and Gary trusts too much. They're an incredible duo who represented a beautiful friendship. Gary gets a robot arm. Very cool, very cool. Yes, Gary Kato's friendship is like my favorite thing. More peril for little Kato. Friendship mode engaged. A future Quinn with a dark secret about Mooncake. What is next for our gang? I guess we'll see on the next episode, but first, let's hear from... So it seems we'll be continuing... Alright guys, welcome back to the Tiger's Nest. I'm Gabe Jones here for Into Final Space, and it is time for Fantrexians Respond. We're going to hear your thoughts on this episode, and remember, you can submit your thoughts on the Final Space subreddit, or join the Into Final Space Discord server where we're discussing each episode as it comes along. So, let's get into it. Our first question was, what was your favorite part of Chapter 2? Dangerous underscore Wishbone from the subreddit said that they had two favorite parts. Gary getting his arm ripped off and the terrorizing of the Dorinter family. I totally agree with both of these incredibly hilarious parts of this episode. Both surprisingly gory, but Final Space has a way of interweaving humor into almost every part of the show. Gary getting his arm ripped off is kind of a, a symbolic of losing part of himself and with Avocado putting it back on, getting a new part of himself as, you know, Avocado being his new friend. And the terrorizing of the Winter family, great bit. Like I said earlier, several times, therapy. Lots and lots of therapy. My next question is what people thought of Avocado's character. 
Juan Manuel P. said that Avocado is their favorite character, along with many others in the fandom, and that he believes the bounty hunter with trust issues becoming Gary's friend is a very interesting arc. I absolutely agree with you. Of course, many believe Avocado to be kind of over-glorified in the fandom. At the same time, he's many, many people's favorites. And like I said earlier, the dynamic between these two is just incredible. They're both very obviously broken in different ways, but the way that they support each other and in the end completely trusting each other is just incredible. These two represent a very dynamic friendship that is something you don't see often in cartoon television. Finally, I asked for some thoughts on the Lord Commander being the show's antagonist. On Discord, Adam said that he thinks the Lord Commander is the perfect villain for this show. A guy that is willing to go any length like betraying his bounty hunters or ripping off a guy's arm is a definite threat. This is very true. I think many kind of underestimate the length that the Lord Commander would go to in order to get what he wanted. He's comedic at times, but he's not funny enough to write off as just a funny villain. Many were not fans of Lord Commander at first, but I think he's he's kind of perfect for this show. That Sure, it's funny, but at the same time, the, the threats that are all around them are ever-present, and Lord Commander is definitely a big representation of another arc that will we'll keep up with this show. Anyway, that's all for this Fan Trek Scenes Respond. Remember to talk with us on Discord and Reddit. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Anyway, the moment you've been waiting for, the big news. I can officially say that we have some special guest interviews in the works for the show. I am so excited for you guys to hear from them as they answer some of my questions and hopefully some of yours. Also, if you're interested in winning that Only Rogers signed poster, here's what you need to do. Go to the following web address, bit.ly slash 2 capital C, lowercase a, capital A, uppercase O, 3 uppercase C. That is, one more time, bit.ly slash 2 capital C, lowercase a, capital A, capital O, 3C. And enter your email address and name to be entered in the contest. U.S. only due to the shipping. I'm sorry, my international listeners. Enter by April 1st, 2019 to be considered. Remember to follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Into Final Space. Keep up with us on the subreddit. And join the official Into Final Space Discord, where I'll be discussing episodes with you as well as updating you on what's happening with the show when it comes to the new episodes and different guests. Thanks, guys, and I'll see you next time on Into Final Space.